0: Hello there, beautiful mama. Today, I have a bit of a special episode. So earlier in the week, I did an interview with the beautiful Penny Cook. And I actually, I wasn't interviewing her for this podcast. I was interviewing her for a summit called Becoming Mum. And I actually loved this episode so much that I... I loved the interview so much that I actually have asked Penny if she would graciously give me this recording so I can bring it to you in today's episode. So that is what this episode is, and I'm so excited for you to listen because it contained so much goodness about our emotions and being becoming emotionally aware. And that is exactly what Penny does. So Penny is a graduate of psychology and cr- criminology, uh, and but she specializes in emotional awareness, which I didn't even know that was a thing. How cool is that? And she has created this uh, company called EmoSense where she helps inspire change in clients through one-to-one coaching or group coaching. She has programs and helps people to reach their goals by providing the opportunity to help you see and become aware of your emotions and really understanding the emotional influence behind where you are and where you want to go. So I love that so much. She's also a mother, a wife, um, and she she wears a lot of hats. So let's get into today's episode. If you happen to be listening at the time of this uh, episode going live, then it is not too late to register for the summit, Becoming the Mum, the Becoming Mum Summit. Um, It's not too late because it actually starts tomorrow. So you can go to, I will put a link in the show notes for you to go and register for the summit. And it is for anyone who is going through that transition of becoming a mum, So whether it is your first child, if it is your first, if you are anywhere on the journey of um, f- trying to fall pregnant, you maybe you are pregnant, maybe you've just had your baby, or maybe you've just had your second or third baby, then I would highly recommend jump on the link, have a look at all of this. It is free. Uh, while the summit is on. So make sure you go to the link, check it out. But otherwise, let's get into today's episode with Penny. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mum I felt lost, confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one. The last few years have been a journey of finding myself again, becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones. John 1010 says that we are called to a full abundant life and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health including quitting the tox how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles and let's get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful mums and mums to be. My name is Elise Rooney, and I am the host of the Wholesome Mama Show. And I have heard about and am anticipating this Becoming Mum Summit. And I am lucky enough to be sitting with Penny Cook, the host and the wonderful woman who is going to be bringing this summit to you this year. So. Penny, hello, and thank you so much for joining me for our chat today.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much for uh, for this opportunity. I think it's great that you've heard about the summit, and I'm looking forward to telling everybody about it.
0: Yes, I've been looking at everything that's coming up, and it looks like it is going to be jam packed <laughs> of just gold nuggets. So I'm excited. Good. I'm glad to hear it. So first, let's hear about you who is Penny Cook because there may be a woman looking going I've never heard of this chick so can you let us know who you are what you do and uh, who's your your mum too
1: yeah there's probably quite a lot of people that have no idea who I am um so as you said my name is Penny Cook and uh I am the founder of a company called EmoSense and EmoSense is focused on making sense of your emotions um so I specialize in emotional intelligence emotional awareness um and my company specializes in life transitions so anytime you're going through any decision making any life transition any anything there's obviously a high level of emotions involved Um, and my job is to help people through those transitions from an emotional aspect i teach people how to identify and be aware of their emotions and then i teach them how to manage them within that transition and get the most out of any situation you find yourself in so whether it's positive whether it's negative um, if you're in a fantastic situation and you're really enjoying it, I teach you how to identify those emotions and really feel them rather than just let them pass you by. Um, and likewise, if you're in a bad situation and if it's difficult and tough and heavy, I teach you how to manage those emotions and again, get you through it. And, uh, in the best possible way.
0: I love that. I love that you also help women to acknowledge and men too, but we're talking to mom. So we're just going to talk about, yeah. um, to acknowledge the good moments too, because so mu- so much, so many times, blah, we can't we just, yeah, let those moments of joy pass us by, which means that we aren't focusing on them, we aren't really aware of them, but yet we are so focused on the negative ones and the, you know uh, negative emotions and the struggles. So I love that you do that. That's amazing. It's
1: actually um, one of the examples that I tend to use if you do have kids, you know, those people that are on their first baby, I mean, you'll feel this as well. And I'm sure you can imagine it anyway, if you're if you're waiting for your baby. But I always use the example of when I arrive at the kindergarten to pick up my kids at the end of the day, you know, and they run over and they give you a big cuddle. Some they don't always, you know, sometimes they're playing and they're distracted. But the days that they run over and they give me a big cuddle, that cuddle can last anywhere between just half a second and you know they're off to the next thing and off they go to find something else or you know five ten seconds but it's such an important five or ten seconds that if you're just aware of how it makes you feel in that five or ten seconds it can feel like a minute or two you know you can take it and you can hold it a little bit longer and as your kids grow up and as they become three four five you know they, they don't need to hug mom quite so much you know so the the hugs and the cuddles come few and far between and and they're so important and um A little bit of an emotional awareness can really enhance those moments yeah
0: yeah that's great can you share with us some of the things that you are passionate about let's get to know you even more what are your big passions in life
1: so my one of my big passions in life is um getting rid of these thoughts and myths and feelings about we should be positive all the time i really i'm really um not an advocate for this. I don't think we should be positive all the time. I think it's pretty much impossible. And I think the only thing that does is put you into a deeper spiral because you're, you're not going to succeed at it. So one of my greatest passions within my work is to, um, abolish this myth and try and get people to understand that all of those negative emotions and all of those things that you feel are so good. They're fantastic because they teach you so much about what you need or what you need to go for next. So I would say within my job, uh, one of my biggest passions is to um, to teach people about this uh, different way of living. And rather than, you know, I feel so bad today, I want to get rid of this emotion. It's, oh, great, I'm I'm having a bad day. What is this about? Like, where is it coming from? How can I unpack it? How can I change it? And develop and grow and, and you know, become the person you want to be. Um, so that's probably one of my biggest passions within work. Out of work, I mean, I live in Northern Norway. We like to go skiing um i used to be an, uh, an international trampolinist so i'm into kind of gymnastics and and things like that um it's been a while now um but yeah i have two kids three and one so i you know barely have time to pee by myself at the moment so that's another yeah. passion of mine i quite like to do that um <laughs> but yeah so it's lots of different things but we live up here in the northern norway arctic circle it's snow for six months of the year it's dark for a few months of the year um i mean it's now quarter past nine, my my time, and as you can see, the you know it's still still dawn. It's not uh, not quite daylight yet. So and we lose the sun now at around two thirty in the afternoon. So you know, there's uh, I like warm fires and hot chocolates and things like that. But uh, but yeah, lots of lots of fun things to do up there.
0: I feel like there is nothing more than knowing you are a mum when your passion is. <laughs> To go to the bathroom by yourself.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, for all those first-time mums, you know, these ladies that are sitting there that are pregnant. I mean, you know, try get up now and go for a wee and see how it feels. You know, be by yourself for five minutes. Because you know, once number one comes, you know, maybe it happens a few times, and then your second kid comes, and then it happens a little bit less. Um, And there are lots of memes and things on the internet, you know, when when the dad gets up and says, "Right, I'm going to go to the toilet," and he's up there for twenty minutes on his peace moment. And mum says, "Right, I'm going to go to the toilet," and she doesn't get ten seconds. It's done. (laughs) We have to pee quick or not at all.
0: (laughs) Yes, and then and then you start. This is a total diversion. But then you start toilet training, and they then want to come and watch you and learn, which is just. I just would like to have five seconds. Once or twice, yeah. (laughs) Once or
1: twice a week would be good. (laughs) <laughs> no, and for all those, for all those mums that are watching, it's obviously fun as well. Um, you know, when we talk about potty training and things, you know, this is another one of those things that I think has a lot of stress related to it. And, you know, mm-hmm. so many parents are pushed and forced into it. Um, my my eldest daughter actually was potty trained very easily. She wanted to do it. It was very, she led it. It was early. She's, she was before her kids. It was very early for me. Um, my second one, I don't think I'm going to have so much luck with, but, you know, I have friends Where their kids didn't want to do it. And then all of a sudden, overnight, it clicked and it worked. And it doesn't have to be that stressful. It doesn't have to be that difficult. Um, And this is just another one of those things that if you have a little bit of an emotional awareness about yourself, you know, is this stressing me out? You know, is this becoming something that's not as beneficial to my family as if I was less stressed and my kid was still in nappies? Okay, fine. I mean, who who are you harming really? So I think a bit of emotional awareness in potty training as well would be fantastic for a lot of mums
0: absolutely i feel i am in the thick of doing two um toilet training too because my son just has no no interest in it whatever because he's like i don't have time, I have time to go to the toilet. but my daughter who is quite young is like wait i don't have to wear a nappy yeah get me out of this thing
1: um but it's,
0: it's I, different for every kid i think To totally totally Uh, But when we're fully out of nappies, that'll be, that'll be a great day.
1: Yes. (laughs) I can understand that too.
0: (laughs) One thing that you said that I really loved was um, the whole myth around being positive all the time, because I completely agree. I think that that almost borderlines on like toxic, Mm -hmm. like toxic positivity. And I think there's a huge difference and i love to hear your thoughts I think there's a huge difference between being positive all the time and everything's just sunshine and oh la 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 and then going like okay well what what joy can I find in this moment not that you know particularly if it's something like um I don't know you know like your baby has a lot of wind and isn't sleeping that is not positivity like you are just walking around the house patting this baby trying to get the wind out you're tired you haven't slept in what feels like three months but finding the joy in that moment can you share i'd love to get your for you to just delve a bit deeper into that
1: yeah so for me i mean if i have somebody that comes to me that's in this you know i can't i can't function i'm low on sleep my baby has wind i'm i'm struggling to find any positivity in anything because you know as Mums that have been through this you kind of know it, things kind of merge on you can't remember if you're on breakfast or lunch or dinner and you know sometimes it's what time of day is it you look at the clock and it says two is that two o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the evening Where <laughs> am I? and you know we know that all of these things can can kind of merge together and that's the same with your emotions a little bit and um we know that the way you think about a situation or the way that you um that your mindset around a situation has a massive impact on the way that you feel about it and therefore has a massive impact on the way that you behave around it. So these things kind of have a knock on effect and, and when they all merge together, that can be the bit that makes us feel a little like, you know, it's like your brain is just made of spaghetti and there's there's nothing to think about. So, you know, the first thing I would say to anybody going through that especially is just try and, try and segregate where, where your days are and which bits are difficult. You know, take the moments that your baby does go to sleep and rather than just, flop on the couch and not remember think okay what time is it how long do I think I have okay I have 10 minutes I think before the baby's going to wake up again okay what actually is it that I need in this next 10 minutes rather than just not thinking about it because you're exhausted I understand that but you know where where do I go you know you can have it in advance I know that tomorrow morning my baby's going to wake up and I'm going to go through this all again or it tends to be the evening I think okay so the evening's going to start I know that it's going to be roughly this time that I'm going to have to do this. So what am I going to do with that 10 minute break and plan it earlier so that when you get it, you're more aware that you have it because otherwise it merges together and you think, did I even have that 10 minute break? What did I do with it? Where did the time go? Mm. So a lot of it is just awareness of the fact that, you know, everything's merging together and it becomes this one stream of heavy, lethargic, I'm just surviving. I'm just trying to get to the next day. And we have to remember that if we can just break it up, there's actually some gaps in there that you can use to your advantage. Um, so that that's my first my first go to, you know, before you even get into identifying how you feel or when you feel it and things like this. That the biggest thing is just to try and segregate what what is going on and break it down into bite sized chunks instead of having this big long stream of one week long that you don't know where which days which ways up.
0: Um, yeah, that's so true
1: and i would also say about the toxic positivity um i mean i either i do a webinar as well that is available on my on my website but it's called why negativity is necessary um and how toxic positivity can be and how it can be very damaging to your your the, the person you are and your identity you know some people are more positive some people are less positive and that's a personality trait that is advantageous in different scenarios so just by getting rid of a section of your personality that's that's not going to do anything for you you know it's only going to be damaging so toxic positivity is huge and um i think it's up and coming there's a lot on social media about being positive you know there's um i think hashtag positive vibes only or something is one of the most used. you know it's it's insane it's ridiculous you can't have positive vibes only if you are up at night patting your baby on the back for wind yeah good luck finding the positive vibes and of course, you know, with this positive, um, toxic positivity, what people tend to do, um, which I do cover in the webinar as well, but friends or family, you know, with all good intentions and and they're trying to help, but they'll remind you of all the good things you have. So, you know, they'll say, oh, but at least you have a healthy baby. And, you know, some people don't even have that. And, you know, your baby's finally here. If you've struggled to get pregnant, that's another one. If you've struggled to get pregnant or have miscarriages... And then you finally get your baby and you're supposed to be so happy about this baby. But like you said, you feel like you haven't slept for three months and you're still trying to get the wind out of this baby two after two hours after it was supposed to go to bed. It can be very difficult to, you kind of feel guilty for not wanting it, but wanting it and all of this. And that's where the toxic positivity comes in because you know that's a moment where you say to yourself, look, I am very grateful for what I've got. I'm obviously very grateful for my baby and I love it to absolute pieces. But it's okay for me not to be enjoying this right now. I don't have to be a mom that enjoys every aspect just because it took me longer to get one. So yeah, I think it can be very difficult to get through.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Earlier, you mentioned that you started the company EmoSense. So can you tell us a bit more about... About why you started that what you do through EmoSense um, and why it's important for us to make sense of our emotions ultimately
1: yeah so um EmoSense is was a company that I've been thinking about for a few years and it kind of evolved into this um originally it was something I actually it was called Penny for your thoughts um given my name and things like that Um, um which was kind of fun. And it was going to, I really wanted to work very individually with people, um, you know, with very specific issues, you know, if they had a problem with a specific emotion or or a specific this, and it kind of evolved. And, um, I'm the sort of person that I end up in these deep conversations with people, you know, I don't know what it is about me. I tend to drag it out of people. I I don't know. And I, I got to this, this realization that whenever I was talking to someone about their emotions, if they could just put those in order of making sense of them they would be fine in this situation there would be there would be no issues and I found that I was helping people just by organizing and um providing some responsibility and some accountability for their emotions and um, you know if if you're going through your life and you have ev- you could have everything you want you could have the best job you could have a nice house you could have the kids you want you could have everything but something's missing and something's not right and a lot of that is it's just it's just being grateful for what you've got in a different way you know maybe it's um understanding that that is what you've wanted when you're going for a goal when you're trying to reach a goal if you're not enough by yourself without that goal you'll never be enough with it so whatever it is you're going for it has to be something that's additional to what you've already got rather than the thing that's going to get everything and i Mm. think everybody could benefit from that i'm not sure there's a person that couldn't benefit from from somebody else providing some accountability for you to say look you figure out how you feel and and let's work on it let's provide some personal development and growth in that situation um so yeah emo sense became this big huge thing that i wanted to do um emo sense also has a corporate aspect as well so it's about um, understanding your careers and your jobs and um Going into organisations where there is a conflict with departments and things like that, and and helping people work out their emotions within within that, so it's a it's more emotional intelligence training in groups of people. Um, but yeah, this one-to-one aspect and and helping individuals through their through their hurdles is is what I'm really passionate about.
0: Yeah, I love that because we all know where we are now, and we all have a goal of some kind, whether it is. Um, you know, the transition of having a baby and bringing a baby into the world, or whether it is a career goal or whatever in between there, we know where we are and we know where we want to be, but there's the gap, right? The gap between who we are now and who we want to be. And I love that through you coaching and helping them, um, you help them to bridge that gap. And I, yeah. Can you just share about how you, how you help people in a practical way? Um, do that. Yeah. So I mean, it obviously
1: very much depends on the person and what they kind of come mm-hmm. to me with, how, yeah. and how that. goes. Um, I do do a lot of group stuff because I think that's very beneficial. But ultimately, people need the the, the tailored one to one aspect. So um, it very much depends what what people come to me with. But if I if I give an example based on um, pregnancy, because that's who we're talking to, we're talking to those mums. Um, a lot of moms struggle with the feeling of being lonely, let's say, you know, you have a baby, um, you have that little honeymoon period where everything is fantastic, baby's just been born, baby sleeps a lot, um, they wake up, if you're lucky enough to, you know, be able to feed, whether that's with a bottle or breast and the baby takes it, great, perfect, they go back to sleep, they wake up, they feed, they sleep, and you're in this kind of bubble, you know, when that bubble pops, you know, and it tends to be a few weeks in, um, Maybe your partner has gone back to work. You're on your own in the house, maybe. Um, you know, they start to get different problems. The gas kind of starts to come in. You have to start scheduling sleeps. Um, you know, on the days where they're not pooing or something like that, they, they're in pain, they cry. Um, so when that kind of happens, you get this really lonely feeling like you're the only person in the world that's going through this. And from a practical sense, if somebody comes to me in, in, that, in that period, um, the, the place where you are now, is you're feeling very lonely, very lost, you have no direction, you've lost all your purpose, your identity has completely shifted. You've become a person that maybe you used to go to work, maybe you're a career girl, um, maybe you're not. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. But whatever you were doing, you were doing for yourself. And now your entire day is spent with, with something that you have so much love for. Um, you know, maybe the connection's not there yet for you. We can talk about that another time. But you know, you have so much love for, but you're not really you're not really do anything with it and that identity shift and that responsibility shift and role shift is is huge so that's where you are now and where you want to be is enjoying it again and finding life now a lot of this is time in this situation you know you have to give it time to settle um, but from the very first moment it's understanding that it takes time and why does it take time you know why do I feel lonely right now what have I lost? Have I grieved for the things that I've lost? My body has changed. Like I say, my responsibilities and roles have changed. Have I actually thought about that? Am I aware of the fact that that has changed? So I'm a new person now. Have I introduced myself to my new person? You know, have I met myself as a mother? What do I want to achieve in the next week, um, weeks and months and, and years? You know, this is no longer a daily thing. You know, you have to think weeks. You have to think months. Um, so the first the first aspect is obviously to identify where they are and the, and the struggle that they're going through and where they want to be. But the practical aspect at the very foremost is, okay, you, you might think you know where you are, but do you really know where you are? Do you really know why you're there? Do you know um, what it is about the position that you're in that makes you feel the way that it does? Um, and then, I mean, I can offer lots of practical tips. One of the things I really like to do with, with women seem to connect to this a little bit easier, but um daily affirmations and it might sound a little cheesy and a little um you know yeah okay I don't really have the time to read some cheesy saying and hope that it makes a difference in my mind um but the way I do it is you do it on a daily basis and it goes through kind of a, a sequence so you start by understanding that the way you think about something um does change the way you feel about it and then once you understand then once you've tried that and you've identified with that then we go on to, okay, the way you think about a situation is, is completely your responsibility. Nobody else can come in and help you. Nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to say, I'm going to change this thought in your mind. I can't do that. Um, nobody can. If anybody says they can, they can't. You know. It's, so the, the next step is understanding that you have responsibility for that. And then I would provide the responsibility and the accountability to say, have you actively done something with your mind today? because one of the things that I like to preach is that if you don't actively put something in your mind, especially when you're in a difficult situation, your brain will put something in there for you. <laughs> it's <laughs> like you're, not, you're working with this extra person. If you don't say, this is how, this is what I want to think about today, your brain will put something else in there. And the chances are, if you're in a difficult time, it's not going to be something fun and nice and peaches and cream and rainbows and all of this stuff. It's going to be How tough is this? How tired am I? How hungry am I? You know, it it will be those things. So these daily affirmations are a great start. I mean, you have to go through the process rather than just saying a saying to yourself, you have to give yourself the time and the space to think about it. You know, what, what does it mean? What does this sentence mean to me in this situation? Um, This sentence will mean something different to me in a week's time. So revisit it, go back to it. What does it mean to me now? What's changed? Why have I changed? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it a yeah so a lot of it is um just awareness and having somebody that um is in front of you to say this is different let's talk about it let's find out why decide whether you like it if you do let's leave it if you don't let's change it
0: yeah yeah and having someone from the outside who is able and it's different to a friend because a friend as you said before would just say oh yeah but it's okay you'll get through it they'll sleep eventually like i got a lot of that they'll they'll sleep eventually they'll they'll go to the toilet by themselves eventually they'll do um and it's always going back to that toxic positivity right but yeah to have someone from the uh, sorry sorry it just makes you feel more alone I think because Mm. you know
1: the very much separates you versus them, you know, they have their kids, they're sleeping. I mean, you know, just before this call, we had a conversation, you know, where I said, you know, my, my kid is finally sleeping through the night or is sleeping through the night. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you compare all the time. You know, if you if you get on the phone or you see a friend with kids, it, it's inevitable. That's, that's what you do. And a lot of people are trying to say, you know, stop comparing, stop comparing. You're going to compare. It's, 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 it's nearly impossible not to. But let's understand why comparing makes you feel bad. So if, for example, my kid was, I don't know, older than yours and still wasn't sleeping through the night and it makes me feel really horrible when you talk about it. Okay, I need to go internal and think, okay, that's not your fault. That's not, you know, I can't control what you say, but I can start to change my mindset as to when you say that, it has no impact on me. This is not something I need to be upset about. Um, The same with social media. Um, if you're scrolling through your Instagram accounts, you know, there's a lot of focus on bouncing back with your body and, you know, getting your body back to where it was before and all of this. And, you know, people say to me a lot of the time, do you think social media is really damaging? Should I cancel my social media and get off? And I say, well, no, I mean, it can be very positive. You can find positive things on there and things that make you feel really good. And the examples I use is if you have, um, a woman, a fitness model, for example, who's been pregnant and she's right back and she's bounced back and she's worked really hard and she's put her journey on there. If I'm sitting on my sofa scrolling through, I'm feeling like I haven't lost my baby weight, Um, maybe it's been a year, I don't know, I'm feeling pretty sluggish, I'm not feeling happy about it, that post isn't going to make me feel very good. But it's, it's better to think, okay, so why doesn't that make me feel good? Is it because I want to be somewhere that I'm not? Okay, can I tackle this? Do I have the time to go to the gym? Do I, can I eat properly? Am I nurturing my body in the best way possible? No, I'm not. Okay, but you know what? I'm doing my career right now. My kids are happy and healthy and I'm happy. I'm actually happy with my, you know, I don't want to mm. change it right now. I don't have the time. Okay, fine. But now all of a sudden, when you look at that fitness model, you can say, do you know what? Good for her. Well done. She's done it. I'm in a different phase in my life. So mm. I don't need it right now. Do you know what? Good for her. She's done it. And when I'm ready, I know I can do that when I want to. And it doesn't feel like pressure anymore. It feels like an invitation for when you're ready. And I think that's more beneficial than just deleting everything and only giving yourself the things that make you feel good without saying, okay, this is a chance for me to develop and grow. Okay, great. But I don't want to do it right now. And I'm happy with that. And if you're not happy with that, okay, why? Do you want to change it? Do we need to organize your life a little bit better so that you do have more time to go to the gym or, you know, eat better or whatever it is? It could be... The example I had the other day was um, a mum was unhappy because she really wanted to be that creative mum, you know, that sits at the table and does all the Christmas decorations and um, the paper mache and all this, and she's just not that way inclined. But every time she saw a creative post, she felt guilty. And okay, that's fine. You feel guilty, but you either have to decide if you want to be that creative mum, let's go to the hobby store and get you some stuff and we can start. If you don't, then let's accept that that mom is doing a really great job let's let's praise her because absolutely fantastic that she has the time and the space and the energy to do that and let's find what you're passionate about and do something different so it's a different uh, a different outlook i think on on those things yes i think it's difficult but if you have if you give yourself the time and the space and you have a good coach and a good mentor you can manage your emotions a little bit better around those situations
0: feel like that mum could totally be me looking at people going oh they're just so like good with craft and oh painting when we're like oh painting oh no um uh, exactly. yeah you look you look at everything and go oh that looks really nice I should really do that my kid's missing out because I'm not doing that no. and then yeah. the the actual practicalness of like Okay, and then you'd have to do this, this, and
1: this. No. There's always going to be something. I mean, my kids, I don't particularly like the arts and crafts thing. It's not my, my brain doesn't really work like that. And I like things to be tidy. So whenever that you know, I want them to be in the lines, I'm not very good at saying, go crazy, here's some paints, you know. Um, but, you know, my kids are outside 90% of the day playing in the snow, playing in the rain, playing in all the, you know, where... You know, so every kid gets a slightly different amount of all the things available and you can never give your kid everything. It's not going to happen. So it's easier just to say, do you know what? I'm really happy for that mom that can do it. I think it's fantastic. She's great. Look at her goals. She's so creative.
0: Yeah. And it's so freeing to learning to celebrate each other, because as you say, yeah, we're going to compare because that's just how our brains are is that we compare but to compare and then have the muscle builder because it is a muscle that we have to practice have to strengthen and practice that isn't that great for her that is I love that she was able to bounce back to her pre-body weight whatever I I love that she was able to do Christmas cooking with her kids I love that whatever it is to be able to look at that and then celebrate it and then acknowledge, I'm still happy. I'm happy where I am. I'm happy.
1: Yeah. And it's not something that you just get and it's done. It's, Mm. it's very much something that comes and goes. And you might feel that, um, you know, last week I saw a post of this woman and I was fine. Why does it affect me now? Why, why is it affecting me this month? Well, or this week or whatever it is, you know, I, I thought I was fine. I thought I was good. And and that's obviously a misconception as well. Obviously, we're all women. We all have a lot of hormones that can affect us. But also, it can just be that we're t- more tired today and we don't have the energy to actively put things in my mind. And like, ah, oh, it's all too much. Today, I just can't. Today, I just want to react. And it's also about saying, you know what? This is me reacting. I'm allowed to react. Damn it! I want my body back and she's got it and I don't you know it's you're allowed to do that in find a safe space maybe in the house maybe not publicly you know um but be okay with the fact that you're not going to have it all the time but know that when you've done that and you've reacted oh thank goodness that's over because next time I see a post I'll remember to be a little bit more practical about it and rational about it you know it's it's okay to be emotional sometimes and let them out We, we can't manage them all the time you know I'm an I, I say I'm an expert in emotional awareness and emotional management. I, I lose my emotions regularly. You know, I'm probably, I'm a very emotional person, understandably. You know, I work with it. I'm passionate about it. And, you know, there are always times that I, I lose track of my emotions and I, I might overreact to a situation or get, um you know, over upset about something or angry about something. I'm, I can be quite angry all the time. And I think, why am I so angry? Oh, yeah, it's because of this. Okay, I'm good now. I'm I'm back. You know, so it's, it's okay to lose it. Sometimes you're allowed to look through your social media and be disappointed, but the the biggest thing that you're going to feel, um, the best way to feel happy about yourself is to say, okay, I, I did overreact there and now I'm okay about it. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be that that situation is how you sit with it for the rest of your life. You know, you, you can go back to it and revisit it and say, yesterday I was exhausted and I couldn't do that today. I understand that I was exhausted yesterday. And you know what? Good for her. <laughs> Great. You've got your body back. Well done. I'll be there next year. <laughs> Give me some time. <laughs> so I think um it's about giving yourself some some space to react as well, rather than trying to contain them all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And I had about 45 billion thoughts just going on there. <laughs> um what do you what do you see as the Biggest need when it comes to uh, a mum or a pregnant woman becoming a mum, their emotional challenges, especially especially when they're in that phase of, you know, coming into that, a first time mum coming into that time of really she's birthing a baby, but birthing herself as a mother. What's mm-hmm. some of the greatest emotional needs that they have?
1: I think the two biggest things to tackle are um, the loneliness, which we've touched on a little bit, mm-hmm. and judgment. Um, it's as soon as you find out that actually it's before that. As soon as anybody knows that you're trying to have a baby, you know, as soon as you've let people know that you're kind of in that part of your life, the advice and the, the comparisons and the everything kind of hits you at once, and you know i do it i'm well aware of how difficult it is and i still do it you know i find out someone's pregnant and i'm like yay this is so exciting oh make sure you get this and do this and oh this was so good for us and you you go off because it's exciting for you and that's not necessarily a bad thing but as a new mother what is good to understand is that a people will do that and <clears throat> actually sometimes just let that mum go because, you know, she hasn't had a chance to talk about her birth story for a little while. You know, her kids are maybe a little bit older. Let her go. Like, just give her some, give her some space. Um, You don't have to take it on board. That's absolutely fine. Learn to just, you know, let it brush off your back and uh, you don't have to take it all in. But along with that comes a lot of judgment. You know, once you've done all the niceties and that this is so exciting and, you know, where are you going to do this? It becomes, oh, are you planning to breastfeed? oh are you planning to sleep train like and even these questions are said with some level of judgment now another myth that i don't enjoy is you know don't judge don't judge don't everybody judges you know we need to get rid of that every single person judges it's in our nature it's okay we just have to understand it better and educate ourselves about it so that we know when it's happening okay so if a new mom is sitting there and she feels feeling judged it can be from the midwives it can be from the doctors it can be from anybody you know you go to one doctor and they say a glass of wine is fine every now and then when you're pregnant. You go to another doctor and they say, "No, absolutely not." What What are you thinking? You know, and it goes straight into the the identity of that new mother as a mom. So, judgment is going to be everywhere. It's going to hit you at places that you didn't know it could. You know, when your best friend comes to you and just as out of curiosity says, "Huh, are you going to breastfeed?" That all of a sudden feels like, "Oh my god, I feel so judged." And I don't know. I haven't even thought about this and oh she's going to really judge me if I don't breastfeed now you know there's the pressure done you know and it it doesn't really matter whether it comes from you or it comes from them or where it is the idea is is that one of the biggest things that you have to understand and learn how to manage for yourself is when I feel judged what are my reactions what is the typical thing that I do do I get defensive do I get quiet do I go do I get angry Do I retreat and don't want to socialize anymore? You know, if you're if you're a more introverted person, you don't want to talk about it with anybody because you're worried about it and you don't really know how to handle it. So you end up, you know, 25 weeks pregnant and people going, I didn't know you were pregnant. You know, that would have been fun. We could have talked about this or this. And you end up missing information because you're hiding from it to a certain extent. So understand, start to think about, okay, the last time I felt judged, what did I do? How did I react to that? Okay. That's how I reacted. Now I know if I'm reacting like that, the chances are I was feeling judged. Okay, now do I like that person? Do I respect their opinion? Do I need it? You know, have I decided with my partner that we're not going to breastfeed? Somebody judges me and now I feel upset about it. Okay, so go and reassure yourself with your partner. Go and say, look, we said we were, you know, going to breastfeed or formula feed or whatever it is. Can you just remind me why we said we were going to do that? You know, Hmm. just okay, now I feel better with my decision again. Now I don't feel, I mean, fine, do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to do it this way, you know? So I think the loneliness is um, a different thing to tackle. Um, The judgment is something that's very internal. It's very um, individual. Everybody reacts differently. Some people pick up on judgment in the weirdest places, especially when you're pregnant, you know, those paranoid feelings start to come out of absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, often I hear it from the mother-in-laws, <laughs> you know, your mother-in-law will come and stay and they have, a, you know, from your mom, I think you're more, um, if you're close to your mom and you have a good connection, you tend to be a little bit more forgiving. And, you know, if she says, no, 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 I did it this way with you. You're like, oh, okay, you know, interesting. Whereas when your mother-in-law comes and says, well, I didn't do it like that. and You find it very abrasive and very, you know, a bit of friction is, is there straight away. So that's one of the places where I say, okay, if your mom had said this, would it have been different? Well, actually, yeah, but my mom would never say that. That's what I get a lot. My mom would never say that. And you think, well, okay, let's figure it out, you know? So the judgment is really about how you react to it. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of pregnant women have.
0: Yeah, that's a huge, we could talk about that for a long time because that's a huge thing. But I just wanted to touch on Um, the importance of being on the same page as your partner and because as you said things things do come up and the topic of feeding particularly is one of the most and as a mum who had to formula feed um, it was I totally felt like I had to defend what oh yeah but like we had I had medical conditions that prevented and like people don't need to know that like yeah yeah, I formally fed my baby that (laughs) but but I felt like I had to justify I guess my my reason into that but the importance of being on the same page so that when you are getting all this information from all these different sources, being able to come back to your home, to your roots and go, no, this is why we made this decision and we are standing together in this decision. And yeah, how that, that I think gives you such, such strength to keep going.
1: Absolutely. And that need to justify, I think feels quite innate. Like it feels like something we grow when we grow our baby. All of a sudden everything we do because it's for somebody else you know it's Mm. for our baby we have to justify what we're doing you know and it it is like that you can see why it happens because when you go to a midwife you know you've had your baby and you go for your checkups they don't say or they might say you know how's it going just talk but it's not a it's not a conversation it's okay so how much are they sleeping how much Mm. are they how much do they weigh how much have they grown how much and it's very measurable and Obviously, they need to do that. That's not something we're going to get rid of. But that justification is very, um, yeah, well, they they didn't put on so much weight this week, but that's because of, you know, that's this is the reason why. And we're kind of um, like conditioned to come with reasons all the time. We have to find the reason for everything all the time. Mm -hmm. Why is my baby not sleeping? I don't know. It's called the four month sleep regression, but it happened at three and a half months. Okay, so I mean, do do we need to call it the four month sleep progression? Or are they just not sleeping right now? And that's okay. So Mm. that that need to justify comes from as soon as the moment you get pregnant, are you taking your prenatal vitamins? Are you eating properly? Are you doing like, why not? Why not? Why not? So it's there, it comes up. And when you then talk to your friends and family, it's the same. You know, they have a particular expectation of you, whether they like it or not, they have an expectation of you, whether you like it or not, they have an expectation of you. If you don't meet that expectation, they will question it. And it's not always supposed to be harsh, but we're going to take it harsh anyway, because we feel attacked as a new mother. Um, But yeah, you're right. Going back to your partner at home or, you know, if you're a single mom, having somebody that is on the same page as you that can say, look, this is what I'm choosing and this is the reasons why. Can you just you know, tell me I'm acting rationally, You know, get rid of all of my fear about why I'm doing this. And now every time I come to you about this decision, I just want you to remind me of this. Like, Just give me my information back to me because I can't always access it at the, the right time. I do think that's really important. Um, I think it's also important to be able to do it to a certain extent with yourself. And like I say, mm-hmm. it might not be in the moment, maybe you react, maybe you overreact, but to come away and then say look i really reacted strongly to that that was silly like i didn't need to because i'm sure of myself of why i've done this and i know it's the right decision for me okay how can i tackle this my the advice i often give is if it's possible within the situation is to go back to that person and say sorry i overreacted i was just feeling a little bit vulnerable but you know it's absolutely fine that we have a different opinion and i'm really confident with mine you know and to okay. actually acknowledge with that person for yourself more but to acknowledge to yourself that you're aware that there's another option mm. but you have actively chosen and through education and knowledge and, and empowerment and confidence you've made this decision it's not just on a whim you know rarely do women just say ah can't bother to breastfeed come on let's go. you know it's not really that easy it's normally a decision formula feeding You know, there's schedules and amounts and milk. You know, it's not the easy option that people think it is. It's, you know, there's a lot more to it. So if you're confident enough in your decision, then you will find yourself feeling judged less and less and less.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just having that assurance of yourself, because it's one thing that other people have expectations of us. But actually, what I personally found was that I thought, they had specific expectations of me when really people didn't care they were either just trying to say the right thing or just fill in gaps and try and make conversation but but actually i was it's like i was almost putting an expectation on them of what they should be expecting of me
1: it was like we should keep this in mind as women as well when we talk to you know other pregnant women and when we question them you know we're just asking questions and trying to be polite and they feel it like it like a questioning or an interview and we should keep that in mind you know it doesn't hurt to just say look if you don't want to talk about this it, no problem but i'm curious you know what what are you up to what what are you thinking have you thought about this um mm-hmm. oh you haven't thought about it do, do you want me to do you want some advice or you know are you happy to what are you doing but be a bit more open about it and just say to these people and, and these women, my goodness, you must be really overwhelmed with information right now. I'm always available if you want to straighten something up, but I'm not going to ram it down your neck and tell you exactly what I think or, you know, let's talk about the weather or something else. So um, I think that's something to be aware of for for yourself as a woman talking to another woman that is pregnant or struggling with something. Be available, really be available, because if you've been through it, your advice is worth more than anything it really is but the person that's receiving that advice has to want it and if they don't want that advice from you it instantly feels like pressure or an attack or something so don't just throw it at them give them the space give them the time to come to you and say you mentioned the other day that you've been through this can you help me with this or where did you go for this and they will come they will come to you if they need it but it's Mm. um it's it's sometimes hard for us not to express it and i do think that that comes a little bit from what you were saying earlier about feeling like you need to justify it as soon as we find another woman that has been through something we have we're like oh i did this and i did this and i did this can you tell me that that's right like if you do it too then i'll know that you agree that i did it right you know yeah. if, if i give you a buzz and you take it then i know oh, thank god she she agrees with me i'm good so I think that's something to think about you know if you are a type of person that feels like you have to get that all the time and you want to give your advice and let them follow it come back again check in with yourself am I doing this because I'm really comfortable with my decision or am I trying to get validations from my choices mm-hmm. via other
0: yeah yeah that's so good and help and support and whether that is your partner but really having the saying, it takes a village i is so true it takes a village um then having that help and support is so important when we're going through life in general but particularly in that major transition of becoming a mum um would you mind sharing because you actually have a program that um can help people going through transitions but especially for mums like i I haven't been through a bigger life transition than becoming a mum for the first time. And I don't know that I ever will. So can you share a little bit about, about that with us?
1: Yeah. I also agree by the way that becoming a mum is probably one of the biggest uh, or most drastic changes uh, that a woman can go through, but the program is called just be. um, And just be is about just being it's, it's about providing a space where you can, be yourself, let loose, and um, yeah, al- allow your personal development to, to grow and and develop. Um, Just be has three main features. It starts with um, one-to-one sessions with me. Um, the program includes it's over about three to four months, but obviously we're working with new mums, so it's very it's a very flexible program. Um, But you get four sessions with me where we work through a loose program, but effectively, we're taking your individual obstacles, your struggles, um, anything that you think is particularly important to you. Um, And if you think you don't have any, I'm positive you do. So just one conversation that you'll start to come out. Um, So you get those four sessions with me. The first session we have to use before the group session starts. And in that first session, what I do is... um, I kind of figure out what sort of mother you want to be or you are or what sort of, you know, your kind of personality traits. Um, I identify those personality traits and I match them with other people that are joining the program. So the group aspect isn't just you're going to be put in a group with anybody else that's signed up at this time. You're going to be put in a group with, you know, for example, you said that you had um, your formula feeding, you're not breastfeeding. So I'm not going to put you in a group full of breastfeeding advocates that, you know, Want to do that? I would put you in a in a group where you know maybe there's some other formula feeders, maybe there's some breast feeders, but you know the mindset around that is that it's either it's fine, a fed baby is a is a happy baby. um If you are very strict and you like the tough love approach and you're doing sleep training and things like that, I'm not going to put you in a group that are very loose and wants connection all the time and and things like that. You know there it's about understanding that there is um, a thousand thousands and thousands of ways to do this, to become a mum. So that first session really is about identifying what your key personality traits are and matching you with other women that are going to encourage and empower you rather than pull you down and make you feel judged. So you get those four sessions. When a group comes up, the groups are anywhere between four and 12 people. That's another one of the things, you know. If you don't like a big group of people, I'm not going to put you in a group of twelve people <laughs> with lots of opinions and lots of women. If you're someone like me, I'd be great in that situation. You know, I really enjoy a good debate. I like to do that. An introverted woman might prefer a smaller group, slightly more intimate, slightly more quiet and relaxed. You know, that's another thing. So we had those four sessions with me. When you're matched into a group, you have eight weeks um, of support and development. So we create a depending on the group um whether it's whatsapp whatsapp is the one that i use mainly um, but whatsapp or facebook messenger or something we create a group with those women in it um, and me as well and every week we have a session where all the members of the group come and we tackle some certain things that are uh, cropping up with a lot of people Um, and then throughout the week before the next appointment there's a lot of discussion in that group, so we we keep the the development going. Maybe something we talk about has come up with one of the ladies through the week, so then they can put it in the group. Whether it's two o'clock in the morning and you're up late feeding, or you know whatever it is, you have 24/7 support and contact and um, yeah accountability for, from a group of women that are tackling problems in the same way that you are. Um, And then after that, you're left with I come out of the group when that's done, I leave the chat um, after the eight weeks and then you're left with that group of women. So it can carry on until your kids are five, six, ten, eleven, twelve. It doesn't really matter. Um, It's there and it's available. And all the way through your journey as a mother, you have a reliable group of people that you can you can count on if something is bothering you. The other advantage to, to the women not being in your social circle is that you can reveal more personal details. It can feel like you can let go. You know, maybe you are feeling, what have I done? I, you know, I can't connect with this baby and I can't admit that to my husband because, you know, I'm, I'm too into it right now. Of course, I love the baby, but right now I can't. What have I done? You know, putting that into a group of women that maybe they haven't been there yet, but they're, they're going to be much more on your wavelength than your friends, your family, other people that are not in the same phase as you. So it's Mm. kind of an all-inclusive, it's a big program, um, but it's very flexible. So it can take some time, but it means that then you have you have a minimum of three months basically of support and constant somebody to go to all of the time. Um, And like I say, sometimes it lasts a bit longer. You know, maybe your individual sessions, you don't need them right now. You know, maybe you're pregnant, you're feeling great, everything's good. is a good time to do some stuff by the way but as in maybe you don't need it let's let's wait until you're in a group let's wait until your baby comes and put your sessions then and then it works with your group sessions and the stuff that we talk about within the group maybe there's something that's really eating at you that you're not sure how to tackle then we tackle that in a a one-to-one environment so it's very all-inclusive um it's really the most important thing is matching your mindset to to other women um just to get that empowerment and confidence and support then uh, yeah the connection is just priceless it's um it's really important to have that when you go through this life transition
0: yeah and to have it with because obviously it's open to women from all over the world like you're in northern Norway and yeah. I'm down in Australia we could not be further I was just thinking we could not be further away from each other you're here on this side I'm down here on this side but the beautiful thing that technology allows you to find a group of like-minded women and to be able to encourage and support and there's something so beautiful and I totally agree that um it is almost better with strangers because you're not feeling, you're not feeling like you have those expectations on you, but to um, yeah, just so beautiful to then support and cheer each other on through, through the struggles. Um, yeah. I just, I, I love it. Love it.
1: The other thing to note about the international aspect and the online aspect is, um, I mean, I'm from England. I live in Norway. My husband is from the Netherlands. Um, I have family in the US, you know, we we couldn't be more international, it feels. Um, so, the cultural aspect when you become a mom is very important. And we we often, this is very underrated a lot of the time. Um, in the UK, if you would like a C-section, you go in, you say, I would like a C-section, and they, they say, okay, this is where you sign, this is how you do this, and it's done. Here in Northern Norway, if you would like a C-section, you have to justify it. They They will not just book you in for a C-section. It's uh, you have to speak to a lot of different people. I went through it myself um, my first labor, I didn't have a very good labor. I ended up in, a, in, a, in an emergency C-section for my second. I, at the time, wasn't aware of all the options available to me. And to be honest, all I wanted to avoid was the emergency C-section situation. Mm-hmm. So I planned a C-section, but I had three or four months of going to the hospital to speak to different midwives that were, were that were present in my first birth. We had to go through the whole thing. I had to talk to consultants. I had to talk to doctors. I had to talk to so many people to prove and justify that this was right for me. I got it in the end, but it was hard, it was hard work. It was not an easy thing to do. Um, so if you're, if you're surrounded by women, you know here the culture is that you don't, you, why would you have a C-section? You're a woman. You, you should be a woman and have your baby. But if I had listened to everybody around me, I wouldn't have had the experience that I did. Um, so the cultural aspect is massive and it has to be a little bit better understood. Um, the aftercare for mothers is very different from country to country, um, Mm -hmm. maternity leave and things like that is what we tend to focus on, but even the mindset around, okay, this person has just grown a baby and however way got it out of her body and we're expecting her to go back to work or when she is at work, we expect this, or as a partner. You know you're expecting your wife to do this or you know whatever it is and mm. the cultural aspects of just aftercare for a mother is very different so you know it's worth educating ourselves as well into okay what other options are out there and what's going to work better for me and that helps in a group of a group of women that are international
0: mm. yeah it's so good all right well we have been chatting for a while i just want to ask one more question uh what are you most looking forward to from the summit?
1: I think meeting all the incredible ladies that come through. I mean, it's uh, it's really fantastic to meet people on this journey. And it's such a, if, it's, if the mindset is right, it is such a rewarding phase of life to be in. You know, mm. yes, it yes, it's difficult. Um, but ultimately, nine times out of 10, it's worth it. Everything comes together in the end. Um, and I think having a role in supporting people through this particular life transition is, uh, yeah, it's not like any other that you'll get, you know, becoming a mum, especially for the first time is literally a once in a lifetime transition. You will never do it again. The second time is different in in a great way. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily bad, but it's, it's, uh, I think that's what I'm just looking forward to meeting everybody who's interested and, um, helping them through this in a way that makes it better for them
0: yeah and we just too want to celebrate all the women who are here who are proactively you know taking a step in their journey of becoming a mum whether it is for the first time or second time third time fourth time that that is to be celebrated because like not a lot of people take that step in going actually you know what I want to make sure that I'm on top of my emotions I want to make sure that my mindset's good I want to make sure that I've I've looked at all the options for birth I want to make sure that like that is something to be celebrated so well done to every one of you women who are here sitting with us um through the screens but with us um yeah I just think we should celebrate you
1: and if you are going to go and watch the uh, watch any of the other interviews on the summit now, I mean, enjoy it. Have some fun. All of the speakers are really, really fantastic. Um, they're all very good with their contact as well. You know, we've had a lot of fun back and forth throughout the whole of the planning of the summit. Um, yeah, there's not one I wouldn't really recommend if if any of them you just relate to. Maybe it's a different topic. They all have such big networks and big uh, They know a lot of people in the field. So maybe you just relate to one of them, you know, and you have a struggle that you're not really sure how to tackle. Just shoot them a DM, just just make contact. They will do the rest. You know, they are specialists in this. We've all worked in this for for a long period of time. Um, And there's definitely someone that can help with any, absolutely any struggle that you have. There's someone in this summit, I'm pretty sure that can help out.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, Penny, thank you so much for chatting with me i know that even this what what an incredible conversation this has been Uh, i know that this is going to have helped so many women so thank you so much for chatting with me today absolutely thank you as well and uh we will definitely be speaking soon (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama.